0: Let's look back at all of the action from Tuesday in the NBA. There were seven games on, injury updates, news, waiver wire trends, all that stuff. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and my dad picks the fruit that goes to Cotties, that makes the cordial that I like best. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use the code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. 36 hours to go. Uh, 30, 30, 36 hours to go. We've got the trade deadline. Yeah. Thursday, February the 8th, 1 p.m. Eastern. Go ahead and pre-bang over there. We're almost at 1,500. We can hit it, I reckon. You guys can do it. And I know you've got it in it. You've got that dog in you to go and pre-bang the trade deadline. So I hit the link and be ready? for the show to happen. Uh, I think that... I get the feeling that at the end of this show, there's going to be a trade that drops and I'm going to be out for dinner. I'm not going to be able to record something, but fingers crossed nothing happens. That's where we're at. So we're going to talk about Tuesday's action in the NBA. There were the seven games on, as I mentioned, and uh, as it appears to be happening every single day, we got an update on Joel Embiid. So what we know now is that Embiid did not have a meniscus repair. He had a meniscus trim. They originally said... Four to eight weeks, one to two months, and I said there's zero chance he's back in one month. Then Shams came out today and said, Yeah, it's probably like six to eight weeks, which we sort of knew. And again, that makes it really hard to hold. There are certain situations where it will make sense. If you've got open IL slots, you always hold. Why would you drop? If you play in a roto league and you can stash him on the bench, well, your bench is your IL slot, so you hold him there. If your season goes through to the end of the season, then sure, you can hold him. Look, he might not play at all in the regular season. But if you are in a super strong position, what are you losing out on? Like, you're fine. But there'll be other situations where you're battling or your league ends March 24th and it's just not going to be worth it. I don't think you're seeing him play before March the 24th. You might get him back for the final 10 days of the regular season, but most leagues aren't going to be going then. So again, this comes down to your individual um, league and settings and team and position in the standings and all that sort of stuff, but we've got most of the information now. He's not going to be back until the earliest six weeks, so middle of March, probably most likely end of March. Won't be going full steam until... The first round of the playoffs, I guess. That's what we know. So you make that decision accordingly. We've got the update on Fred VanVleet. Yesterday, I told you I'd spoken to someone. and said, they think it's just something minor, something precautionary with some soreness. Well, it's a little bit more than that. But he said, look, he didn't trust the Rockets medical staff. Fair enough. And at this point, we know that Fred's going to be out probably until the All-Star break. The good thing there is that the All-Star break gives us an extra week or so or eight days of rest for VanVleet. So... That gives us the extra week of him resting that without losing any games. So he probably he missed today's game. He's probably going to miss the next four. And then we come into that decision of what you do with Amen Thompson because I don't see a large role for Amen Thompson afterwards when he's back. So it would be a short-term stream. And then again, that is about you adjusting what you need to do on your team. Is Do you think it is worth getting four games of Amen Thompson in for a waiver wire ad? Do you have enough waiver wire ads to wait until the deadline? That's up to you. I think most times you want to um, you want to hold on to those waiver ads. But again, and the, the, the common debate will be, well, I don't need four. I'm not going to add four players. Not really how it works. Because the four players, like you might add someone early in the deadline and then they trade that player again somewhere else or someone comes in over the top of him or a better option remo- uh, arrives and you get drop that guy and add another guy on top of him, having that extra ad and then having the ads to stream in towards the end of the week for weird opportunities that ar- arise versus... Does the maybe four more games of a men thompson justify that again? Up to you, up to how your league sits. As I didn't put in a bid for a men thompson, I love a men thompson. Not many people you will find higher on a men thompson than me, but in terms of a little bit of longevity view, I don't think it's happening all season here. I think it's yeah, like a week and a half maybe for a men thompson we got Zion and Cade Cunningham pop up as questionable on the injury report. Zion with that foot, which keeps happening, and then Cade with injury knee management. Yeah, that's not great. Um, we'll see what happens there. Obviously, that just strengthens Jaden Ivey's position. Shaden Sharp's having abdominal surgery, core muscle surgery. Um, this usually is a six to seven week injury recovery, and that would put us with about a week to go in the regular season or so, which means that uh, he's just not going to come back. So I think you'd feel very—he's nowhere near good enough to hold on anyway. So I think you just move on from Shaden Sharp, and the question is going to be who do we add? Well, we have literally seen weeks and weeks and weeks of the team playing without Shaden Sharp, so we already know what the what things look like. What the Portland people have said—I this is not my opinion—the Portland people have said that this makes it way more unlikely that Malcolm Brogdon is traded. You go, that's so stupid, Josh. They should try and cash in on Malcolm Brogdon. They, if they do that, they will lose more games. They can pick up guards off the street and play them. Yes, that's true. But I'm not running the Blazers, and neither are you, and neither is the other person who said it. What the understanding is, is that the Blazers are way less likely to trade Malcolm Brogdon now because they want to have a level of stability in that backcourt. And yeah, Brogdon probably won't play in April or towards the end of March, but he's going to be there. And I think at some point you'll see a transition to Scoot getting a little bit more than Brogdon. But now we've got Simons, Brogdon, Scoot. They're our guards. Thibault, I guess, if you count him there. Versus Sharp coming back. So what it does is it helps the floor of all these players because the specter of Shaden returning is gone. The last thing is we've got some updates there on Mitchell Robinson returning, saying that he's going to start some on-court work after the All-Star break. I still think end of March, uh, start of April, is a realistic return for him for on-court or for actual gameplay. So I don't think you need to ne- add him necessarily. I don't think you need to worry too much about Isaiah Hartenstein. But if that does happen and Robinson does come back, then what are you going to do? I don't think you should be selling off Hartenstein for a situation where Robinson may not come back and have any impact whatsoever. Let's look at some waiver wire trends over the last 24 hours. And I'm going to tell you, if these were you making these moves, I'm going to be pretty disappointed with some of you guys out here. The most added player is Josh Green of 23%. Why did you waste your waiver ad? He is not this level of player. We saw him have a very good game on Monday, but what an absolute burn of a waiver spot! What a what a again! It's a, it's it's a silly use of a move. You might disagree. Amen Thompson up 13%. Okay. We just talked about that. Jacob Gilliard up nine percent. He started three games in a row. I don't think I would have bothered with that. Although he was fine. Uh, Keontae George up seven percent. Yeah, look, maybe, but I don't really see that stash appeal there. Josh Richardson up six. That's like desperation back-to-back streaming. You'd want to have no waiver limit to be adding Josh Richardson, I'd say. And Leaky Beasley, the same thing. Who gets that extra value today again? I don't just. I don't think I would have bothered to try and scrounge an extra game played and lose a waiver ad for this week. But again, I have different processes to some other people. The most dropped players, Gaz Trent. Cool. I think he's totally droppable. Probably would have waited to see some long-term value appear. Lon Walker down 12%. Yeah, look, he's getting an MRI on that hamstring that caused him to miss today. So yeah, look, he's an obvious drop. Norman Powell down 10%. He's only a stream guy anyway, so I worry that people dropped him to go and add someone today. Silly move. And Paul Reid down 10%. Guys, like relax. You don't drop him. We might get there, but this is not the time. Rui Hachimura down 6%, easy drop, and the Shark, Bruce Brown, down 6%. These are I would hold Bruce until the deadline just to see what happens, because the Knicks are banged up, and I don't know how long these guys are going to be out, but if Brown gets to New York and these guys are out, he's playing 37 minutes a night, he's a very clear top 100 player, very clear. Probably won't happen, but I wouldn't have dropped Bruce just yet. Today's episode is brought to you by ebay motors passion drive and patience that is what brings home the winning trophy it is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything that you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers and roof racks and exhaust kits led headlights and more whether it's speed or power or style that you're into ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay's guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your every time all your money back. With eBay Motors, you are burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices you want, it is easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to US customers. Today's episode is also brought to you by PricePix. is Price Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. It's also the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's you against the numbers. You just pick more or less on on two to six individual player projections, and then you can watch your winnings roll in. So you know what it is now? I know we might associate the term demon time with something else, however you want to associate it, but on price picks, they've got demon time as well. You can win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Price Picks. Squares marked with red demons or the green goblins get you different payouts. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. Forget the 25 times. We're up to 100 times now with the old green goblins and when we're on demon time. So go to pricepicks.com slash locked NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. pricepicks.com locked on NBA. The code is locked on NBA, and you get that first deposit match up to $100. Price fix is daily fantasy sports. No, it's not, actually, because it's got a new tagline. Price fix, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. I was running that on autopilot. I forgot the new new tag. Oh, well, L to me, I guess. Let's go into games, because we'll do... Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're doing games, aren't we? Um, All right, so... We did have that um, we did have that change in game 1 which was the Houston Rockets and the Indiana Pacers a lineup change like I said Fred VanVleet was out so Amen Thompson moves into the starting lineup and is going to probably I'm guessing have that starting role for uh, the next week or so you know I'm massively high on Amen as his long-term fantasy value I'm excited to see what he can do They lose to the Pacers 132-129 That's the final score here in this one um let's talk Houston, let's talk Amen Thompson. 34 minutes is very encouraging. He had a very Amen Thompson line, 13, 13, and six with three blocks. He shot one of four from the line and he was 46 from the field. This is going to be the problem. He won't hit threes. He'll have some bad field goals and bad free throw nights, but he will rack up the other numbers. And that's good and it can also be bad. Again, we've already gone into at length whether it is worth having Amen Thompson or adding him, and that is an individual decision that you can make based on your own league settings and your team and your position. I just don't, think that when we get back from the All-Star game, the team's going to go, all right, Fred, you're our 18-minute-a-night bench player. amen I man running the show. Maybe, pretty unlikely. Jalen Green was featured on the Sell High show today, so he thankfully dropped to 30 points just to keep that Sell High rolling. Three threes with two steals. Well, Dylan Brooks had 23 points in 31 minutes. A perfect situation for you to get fooled. 23 points in 31 minutes is great. Is it because Fred Van Vliet is out? Not really. He just shot 53%. And having uh, Fred Van Vliet out doesn't mean Dylan Brooks becomes a good shooter. He had thir- 23, 3, and 4. Yeah, he gets a couple of extra shots, but I don't care. I'm not adding him. Jabari Smith had been absolutely stinking, and we got a big one. 20 and 9 in 40 minutes. Now, it's pretty empty aside from that. But given what he'd been giving us, which was nothing, I'll take it. And then Shane goon had 20 and 10 with 6 assists. Um, I, I, you don't need to be rostering Cam Whitmore. He's rostered in 76% of 12 team leagues. There are, there's, okay, let me get this out of the way. There is a lot of misconception about the Thompsons because people thought as soon as Fred Van Vliet goes down, well, that means Cam Whitmore is going to get the big boost. And I saw it in many places. What? What are you talking about? How? Yeah, you know, because Whitmore will just step in. Well, no, Amen Thompson is the point guard. No, no, Amen's a forward. And no, he's not. He's a point guard, he's 100% a point guard. He has played, like, according to my data, like 85% of his minutes at guard this season with about 40% at point guard. Um, He can play the two, he can play the three, but he's a point guard. So I think a lot of people thought Jalen Green would become the point guard. Passing legend, Jalen Green would become the point guard. And then Brooks had moved to the two and Whitmore would play at the three. Very clearly, no. Like, that's just not what happened. And I was very confused seeing that. There's just not enough here. Like, he had that really nice run of scoring, but 20 minutes does not make a 12-team-eth-maneth. Not much going on there. Oh, yeah. If you care about Aaron Holiday, he had eight points in 20 minutes. For the Pacers, good news. Tyrese Halliburton, I thought he might be done again at 20 minutes and 21 seconds, but no, he came back in. He played 29 minutes. He had 21 three and two, one steal, two blocks, and we're getting closer. Sorry, that was Miles Turner's numbers. I read the wrong ones. He had 18 two and seven with one steal and two blocks. So not that different. So Tyrese is getting closer to where we need him to be. As for Miles Turner, buy low legend. I said buy low on Miles Turner. He had 21 and three with two threes, one steal, two blocks, 50% shooting, and that buy low lasted about three hours. Siakam was good, 29 and four. What about Timothy John McConnell? who was amazing here. 17 points in 19 minutes. But if I'm going to tell you that you can't rely on high scoring in 19 minutes from an actual scorer in Cam Whitmore, well, you can't do it with McConnell either. 17, 3, and 4, and 73%. And the big thing to pay attention to here with the paces was Ben Matherin was out. So all of these bench guard types were able to take his 26 minutes and just get three or four extra, five extra, six extra themselves. And that's where TJ came in. Don't get excited about it. Don't get excited by the fact that Buddy Heald had 12 points and six assists in 24 minutes. I don't trust Buddy Heald, especially as a bench guy. Jack him off. Get that garbage out of here. And Andrew Nemphard continues to start. He shot 80%, but I could not care less. 9, 2, and 5 in 31 minutes. He's like a 14-team streamer, Nemphard, who is starting and Riccardo loves him for whatever reason. But Matherin's 27, 28 minutes are going to come back and they're going to be taken away from somebody. We've got big minutes for Neesmith, so he probably won't sit at 33 every night. He was bad in those minutes, ten and one with a steal and a block in those thirty-three. But he should should still remain rostered over Heald, over McConnell, over Nembhard. Uh Jalen Smith had nine in his seventeen. He's uh, him and Obi Toppin are overly represented. Uh, Jalen Smith and Obi Toppin in twelve-team leagues, twenty-eight and thirty-five percent nonsense numbers. What are you guys doing? Get that garbage out of here! Absolutely zero reason for those guys to be um be rostered in those sort of formats. Let's talk about your Orlando Magic. And the Miami Heat, we did have some changes to the Heat's starting lineup. Tyler Hero returned from his migraine. Josh Richardson moved to the bench. And they put Caleb Martin into the starting lineup and Hayward Highsmith moved to the bench. And for about the fourth time this season, and I say that sort of facetiously, but not really, I think it's the, the at least the third time that Haywood Highsmith has gone from starting one game to out of the rotation the next game. because so that's exactly what happened here. So I don't really understand the purpose of that, but it, it happened. So, you know, as... Who's the coach? Oh, Monty Williams. As Monty Williams would say, it is what it is. The Heat win this easily, one twenty-one ninety-five. 95 Fultz was much better. He'd been playing like 23 minutes. He got 28 here. 13-1-4, a steal and a block. That just gives us that little bit of hope. I wouldn't rush to add him at this time of year, but it's encouraging. While well, Suggs did nothing. 3-3-4, and that stinks. 14% in 28 minutes. I'd rather hold Suggs than Fultz at the moment, but I'm wavering. I'm not sure which way to go. Wendell had 15, 6, and 3, but only 28 minutes, while Palo 23, 9, and 7, and Franz had 13, 7, and 3, both with uh, some pretty subpar efficiency. I believe Franz had, yes, 7 turnovers as well. So that should be pretty cool. Um, What is going on with Cole Anthony? They just don't play him anymore. 14 minutes, 4 points. He's still rostered for God knows what reason in 20% of 12-team leagues. He is out of their thought process entirely, and unless he gets traded, he should be out of yours in 10, and 12, and 14-team leagues. Not much else going on there. Bit of a stinker from uh, Mo Wagner. Well, Mr. Black is back out of the rotation. He was scoreless in three minutes. For the Miami Heat, um, Jim Butler, 23-8-8 eight and eight with three steals. I'd always be looking to cash in on Jim. He's on a really hot streak. He's hitting shots. He's getting to the line, although he wasn't great from the line. But the steals, assists, big numbers coming from Jimmy at the moment. And Adebayo had 14-8. and eight. But let's talk about the things we needed to look at. Like Tyler Hero, he's, he's struggling hugely. 26 minutes, 14 points. He had four assists. He's a huge buy low to me. Um, but I'm getting a little worried. Terry Regier was better, 18, 6, and 7. Good sort of settling in now. And Josh Richardson still got 27 minutes. I reckon about four games ago, he was DNP'd. He had 27 minutes, 13, and 5 with two steals. Solid. Probably a 14-team league guy. Wouldn't bother adding Caleb Martin is the guy that started over Highsmith. He had 11 points with a steal, a block, and a three in 25 minutes. That's 14-team league stuff, but that's about it. Well, Highsmith, as I said, was out of the rotation, and Jaime Hacquez had 12 points in his 23 minutes. He shot poorly again with 36%, but he did add three steals. He is now 232nd over the last two weeks. His minutes are down. His usage is down. His shooting is well down. You do not need to be rostering. Jaime Hacquez Jr. Get that garbage out of here! Um... Where do we go next? Let's go here first. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, the music, and the comedy that you want to go and see. You can see whatever the view is from your seat. So you pick the seat you want, and you go, what's what's it going to look like? Well, you can go in there, and you can click, and you've got the view from your seat so you can see exactly what's going on. If you don't want to pick your exact seat, you can pick an area, and you just say, pick... A seat somewhere here, and that's zone deals. And with zone deals, you save up to 18% on your ticket price. They've also got the game time guarantee, meaning you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code locked on for twenty dollars off your first purchase. That is, Game Time is the app. The terms apply. Create the account. Redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Okay. um, That's two games down. Let's... Was it two? Yeah, it's two. Let's look at the third game. The Memphis whatever they are, against the New York Knickerbockers. And we had... The Grizzlies just continuing to be a revolving door of nonsense where the lineups change every day and the scoring system is made up. Vince Williams is in. David Roddy is out. As I lose that thing, Luke Kennard was out. uh, Santi Aldama replaced him. And John Concha uh, stepped into the starting lineup and GG Jackson was out. The only two guys, hold on to everything you can. The only two guys who held on to their starting spot for the Memphis Grizzlies was Jacob Gilliard and Trey Jemison. Yep, they benched Luke Kennard. They benched David Roddy. So if you think this organization is taking this season seriously and they're going to be pushing to rush Desmond Bain back and play him all the way through, I, I think you might be wrong. I don't know that he comes back. I honestly don't know. Everything is very confusing and muddy. But when you're choosing to keep your consistent starters as Trey Jemison and Jacob Gilliard, and the guy who plays really well like Scottie Pippen gets sent to the G League, well, I reckon your priorities might be sitting somewhere different. Dunno, just me. The Knicks win at 123-113. I've got some discussions to have on these two teams. As for this team, what do I do with this squad? Like, Gilead had 12-3-4. and four. That's fine. He had four threes. No worries. But, like, what if Pippin's back next game? Who was out here? Jaron was out. Tillman was out. Pippen didn't play. Laravia might come back. Zaire Williams was out. Matthew Hurt wasn't hurt, but he was out. He just didn't play? Like, I don't know. Trey Jemison played 32 minutes because Tillman and Jackson were out. I'd say 12-7 and 7 with two blocks and 60% is bloody good. That is a 12-team league player. But if Jaron or Tillman are back, he might play zero minutes. He's a 10-day contract player. Is he going to play or not? I don't know. What about David Roddy Piper, the NBA's worst player? 15 points in 23 minutes. Cool. Shot. Didn't hit his free throws. Didn't do anything else. We're not rostering him. John Concha only played 26. Luke Kennard only played 24. I'm not relying upon them in 12-team leagues. I am with Vince Williams, but I'm still worried there's going to be seats taken. 19-3-5 for Vincey, while Santi Aldama got only 23 minutes in this nonsense of a lineup. 23 minutes. This is why I don't trust him as a 12-team league player. I don't know if he's going to play. I don't know how much he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to be good when he plays. That's too many I don't know's to be a 12-team guy. He had 11-4-5. The five assists are a surprise to be sure. But bloody hell, like it's all over the shop. Derek Rose came in and guess what? Couldn't finish the game because of soreness. He was questionable to play the game because of hamstring soreness and then didn't close it out because of ankle soreness. And you know what? I actually believe that's true because that's Derek Rose. That's who he is. The injuries just have mounted up. Greg Jackson played only 21 minutes after starting the last game. 16 points for GG with two blocks and 50%. That's great. I don't trust it at all. They're just i am I'm gonna take a flyer on guys every day to see what happens. Again, Scott Pippen sent back to the G League. Why? As for the Knicks, I know that they've been playing really well and it obscures a lot of facts about them. Well, not even facts. Maybe they're opinions. Maybe they're facts. Part of my issue a lot with this team has been after the trade and before the trade, is like, where are your forwards, number one? And B, after the trade, where are your ball handlers? And having the back you know, nine guys on your roster be non-NBA level players, could be a problem. Because what is happening now is the starting five that this team started the season with are all gone. Four of them are injured. One of them was traded. RJ Barrett, the guy that replaced the one that was traded, is now injured as well. Um, so there is Quentin Grimes out, Julius Randle's out, OG Nanobi remains out with his elbow issue. Mitchell Robinson's out with his ankle problem. And then in this game, because the bench is so bad... They sacrificed. They went on a, uh, the Grizzlies went on a 15-1 to one run, so Jalen Brunson had to come back into the game, and then he sprained his ankle. And then at the end of the game, Josh Hart was dealing with a knee problem. I don't know how long or if they're going to be out at all. Jalen Brunson, according to the players, which I know makes you laugh. Nah, they're fine. Cool, that's about six months then, yeah? Dante DiVincenzo, Jalen Brunson's fine. Okay, that's great. I, I don't care. I'd like to hear some sort of info. So I'll guess that Brunson maybe sits the last game. He didn't look great. And then Thibodeau's thing wasn't, I haven't spoken to him, but uh, yeah, there's no way he was coming back in. And if Tom Thibodeau says there's no way somebody was coming back in, yeah, that's actually an injury. Like that's Tom Thibodeau, right? Um, So I don't think Brunson's going to miss a bunch of time, but I don't know. And we're in that weird spot. Like, is it worth burning an ad on Juice McBride, who I think will be awesome if Brunson is out, when everything here though tells us that Brunson might miss a game? It's on Thursday after the deadline. I don't think I would prioritize a McBride ad, but I do know that if the deadline passes and nothing good happens, I'm jumping on top of that, jumping on it. The big sneeze, I'd be selling high on him, 17 and five, three steals a block. He was great. Like that's really good production from Precious Achua. Love those numbers for him. He was still somehow a minus one in a game against the Grizzlies and he's played 40 minutes for four consecutive games and once Randall, Ananobi, Grimes all return, he will not get those minutes is my guess. And the Big ragu, just a massive sell high. I love what DiVincenzo is doing, but come on. 32-5-5, five and five, three steals and a block, 67% shooting, four threes. It's not going to hold like this. He's not going to play these minutes. He's not going to get shoot this well. You might be able to get top 50 player, top 40 player, honestly. It's possible. Who knows? Otherwise, you ride it out. That's all you do with a sell high. And Hartenstein had 17-8 and eight with two steals and three blocks. Remember when last season Thibodeau would play him 17 minutes when Sir Jericho Sims could start? Or early on, even this season, where he would just say, no, 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 you've got to be a 7% or lower usage player. Now he's actually expanding his game and showing, yeah, look, yeah, this guy is actually really good. And we're seeing that now. And I will maintain that I think he's a better player than Mitchell Robinson. And we'll see if uh, that holds when we get back to the um, part when Mitchell maybe returns. We will find that out as well. Okay, uh, let's go on to the next game. It was the Dallas Mavericks. And the Brooklyn Nets, we did have a change to the lineup for Brooklyn. Cam Johnson was out with that groin issue. He had to have an MRI, same with Lonnie Walker. And Ben Simmons moved in to start for his first start since he returned from the back problem. I think there is a risk of Cam missing another game here. If you're having an MRI on that groin, makes me think that maybe that's a week out. But that sort of stifles a lot of the progress that he has made this season. And that has been the case just so so many times. The Mavericks win it easy, 119-107. I really don't have any idea what direction this Nets franchise is heading in. Absolutely none at all. Um, let's talk Dallas, 119 for them. Kyrie and Luka, 40 minutes for Kyrie, 43 for Luka. That's a lot, man. 36-2-5 and five for Kyrie on 63%, while Luka had 35-18-9 and nine with two steals. Just huge games. And at the start of this show, as we do a callback, we talked about that 23% of leagues added Josh Green because he played well yesterday. And again, like you know what I'm going to say. You don't get that game. Wasting this ad on a guy that we have seen play for so long. is just a waste of time. Josh Green had 12 points. That's not bad. 12, 2, and 3. Like, cool. What do you do now? I, I can assure you, you're not holding Josh Green through the rest of the season. Just an absolute waste. Anyway, Derek Jones had 2 and 7, while Muxi Kleber had 7, 2, and 3. If we get nothing good happening trade deadline day, Derek Lively is going to be out again Thursday, so just go and stream Maxi Kleber in for that game. But don't do it yet. Timmy Hardaway bounced back from an 0 of 8 game, not hard to be better. He had 14 and 7 in 25 minutes on 40% shooting. For the Nets, what a weird uh, game. Again, Jacques Vaughan pulled Nick Claxton off Giggity in three minutes. Oh, that's pretty good timing. And I don't know what was going on. He didn't have foul trouble, he didn't play. Then he came back for the last like two minutes of the first quarter. And still ended up playing 35 minutes. I don't understand what the rotation policy was there. He had 9-11 and 11 with 5 blocks. That's 12 consecutive. Not 12 consecutive, Jesus. No, 12 blocks in the last two games for Claxton. And big minutes with Simmons, which is huge. Benny played 20. He had 9-9-7. Nine, nine and 9-9-7 is actually pretty good. I still don't trust his availability. But that's good enough to have at the back end of your roster. Um, Dinwiddie, just another garbage performance. 9, 1, and 5. I don't know if he's going to be on this team. There is no way that I consider keeping him at this point. While Bridges has 28 points in 39 minutes, and Cam Thomas, again, credit to Cam Thomas because it's very easy for me to tell you that, yeah, look, he took too many shots and couldn't hit him because it's true. He had 16 points on 16 shots, but he added 8 rebounds and 8 assists, which is great. I also was monitoring the 92% free throws, which are going to come down, and he went 3 or 4, and that's understandable. But adding these little rebound and assist parts is key for him to maintain value. So, good work. I said this about a month ago. Watch Jalen Wilson. Yes, it's another Jalen to pay attention to. Jalen Wilson with Johnson, with Walker, with Sharp, with Finney Smith out. A lot of blokes. But this team really should be doing some stuff to open up minutes somewhere. Wilson had 10 points in 18 minutes. He had two threes, he had four rebounds and two assists. And all you calculator spreadsheet nerds out there, I'm going to tell you something you've never heard before. That you don't even know what it is, or you nerds. The eye test. He just looks like a hooper. He's just a bore. Uh, he just actually looks good. Like He's an older rookie who um, was able to sort of bully guys in college in Kansas a little bit. But I love what he's doing at the moment. This is not a situation where I'm stashing for the deadline. But it feels like with this team going absolutely nowhere that Wilson's going to have a role mid, mid-March, mid maybe earlier. And just a name to remember. That if things clear out, go, oh, yeah, Jalen Wilson, maybe he's a guy we take a squeeze out. Maybe. He's a a bit interesting. After yesterday's big game from Dennis Smith, he had uh, six points in 18 minutes. It just requires a lot for Dennis Smith, I think, to get to that number. Probably a Dinwiddie trade, but even then, Simmons is in that spot now. Probably needs two things to happen. Because look at all the guys out. Johnson, Walker, Sharp, Finney Smith, and Dennis plays 18. It was just a weird game that got him those big minutes yesterday. So I don't think we need to be too over the top with that. Let's do the next game. This was an overtime game between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Chicago Bulls. And we got a, uh, a lineup change that I didn't expect to happen. Andre Drummond, the big avocado, started in place of Ayo um, As a, uh, Why is that looking like that? I've got to fix that screen. That's not how that should look. Let's remove that. Let's remove that one. I think this is, should, should be how it looks. No? All right, we've got to fix that. All right, this should be better. Andre Drummond started for Ayo I'm guessing it was to counteract the Karl-Anthony Towns-Rudy-Gobert combination for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Just didn't expect it to happen. You're going to have an initial thought, oh, it's a showcase for a trade. I think it's just to match up with the Wolves. Now, there is a chance that Drummond gets traded and maybe he does end up getting traded to Philadelphia. And if you did, I would add him immediately. And if you wanted to stash him, fine. I don't think it'll happen necessarily, but it is possible. Again, I'm not... I'm not a big like, I'm going to waste a move or a roster spot. Again, unlimited roster spots, totally okay. I'm not going to waste a move or a roster spot on something that might, someone who might get traded and then we're trying to guess where they get traded to. It's It's hard to predict that stuff and the success rate is really, really low. That's why usually when I'm trying to give out information or advice or what I would do, I try to go for things with a higher hit rate versus that, which is just too many variables involved. But, Again, really good game from Andre Drummond. In overtime, the Bulls beat the Wolves. one twenty-three, one twenty-nine was the final score here. Goose had 38-12 with five assists, two steals, and a block. That's Anthony Edwards. Huge game for him. And Towns had 33-5 with seven triples and two blocks. Just amazing all-round performances from them. Well, McDaniels played a lot of minutes, and he got the stats of someone who plays 20 minutes. 13-1-3 with a steal. He just isn't a... Fantasy guy, not a 10-teamer, not a 12-teamer. Gobert had 12 and 16 in his 44 minutes. That's a pretty standard Gobert line. While the Wizard of Noz played 20 minutes in an overtime game and had 10, 4 and 2, and you can jack him. Get that garbage out of here. 36 minutes from Mike Conley's a lot. If I'm going to you know, say that McDaniels' line's not good, but Conley's wasn't either. He had 9 points, three threes, threes and 8 assists, but I'd much rather have Mike Conley than Jaden McDaniels. And then there's not much else going on there. Alexander Walker, Kyle Anderson, nothing to get excited about. For the Bulls, let's start with the big avocado. He played 35 minutes. Drummond had 16 and 16 with four blocks. He was bad from the line. He was solid from the field. And that's what you get from Drummond. We've seen it a million times. If he does go to Philadelphia and start, he will put up useful numbers. He'll kill your free throws. We know this. It's just a risk to assume that that will happen. As for Vooch, 43 minutes. 24 and six with four blocks. How about the Bulls having three players with four blocks? Vooch and Drummond... And then Alex Caruso. Caruso had three points and was still awesome. Nine rebounds, six assists, two steals, and four blocks. While Dasumu was disappointing. I would hold him, but he played 29 minutes, 6-1-3, one, one steal, two blocks. He'd been rolling. This is the old Dasumu. This is last season's Dasumu, the guy that does nothing offensively. Still holding, though. Tory Craig had uh, seven points in 22 minutes. That's likely his minutes limit. And Corey, Corey, that's not his name. His name is Alec, actually. Alec White. Had uh, 33 points in 42 minutes. Kobe had struggled early on and barely hit anything, and then he just went crazy in the second half. 33-5-7 with seven triples. And DeMar DeRozan, 33 points. We talked about him as a sell-high today and said that some of his two-point percentage will come down, and it very clearly did. But he was able to buffer that by somehow getting four more steals, somehow going to the line 18 times and hitting 17 of them. But he was only 42 from the field. So overall, it's a huge win for the Bulls. Probably leans more into their mediocrity so they don't do the right thing at the trade deadline. And the Drummond thing is a little bit interesting. But this, I don't think, will be what they do as we move forward. But they could. I won't say that it was dreadful in this game. I just don't think that's going to be something that works for in every matchup. What a wild thing it is to look at their box score as well and say Alex Caruso plus 19. And the next highest one is DeRozan at plus 12 and White at plus 7. Like Crusoe, just whenever he's out there, just good stuff happens. That's what he does. Uh, yeah, but the Drummond stuff is pretty interesting there. I would hold it, it Look, it is okay if you wanted to take that flight again, but I think it's risky. I think it burns a move, and yeah, you know, the, the the payout EV is pretty negative. I would say. All right, let's go into the next one. It is the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Utah Jazz. The Thunder was able to welcome back a legend, the Bronco, Jalen Williams. He was back starting, so that meant that Kaysen Wallace moved back to the bench after his one-game start, and he actually got injured last game as well, but he was able to play. So the Jazz get the win over the Thunder, 124-117, and their confusing season continues. Chet had 22 and 8 with three steals and four blocks, a monster game. Shea had 28, four and seven, a big game, and the Bronco was awesome as well. Jalen Williams had actually fallen, I think, to 140th over the last two weeks uh, on per game value, but this was awesome. 20 oh, actually, I can see the 132nd over the last two weeks. 26, five and five on 56% shooting. Giddy was like not good, eight, three and two, and I think if he's on your roster in a 12 team league, he is the fodder that you dispense with at the deadline. You don't have to hold him. And Lou Dort. What do you reckon Lou Dort did? Do you reckon he was good? Get that garbage out of here. Of course not. 10-1-1. One and one. Still on the blocks, all right. 38%. We know the story with him. And not much else. My man Aaron Wiggins was efficient, but he didn't get enough playing time or enough shot attempts with the Bronco back. That makes sense. And then it's just a lot of nothing on the bench. Three points for Kason Wallace. Um, no points for Micic. No points for Kendrick Williams. Just a lot of nothing. For the Jazz. Larry Markin was great. 33-11 with five threes. What about Christopher Dunn? 27 minutes. Eight points only, but he caruso it. Three rebounds, five assists, four steals, three blocks. We know that if Dunn gets 27 minutes, we're rostering him everywhere. But look at his game log. He's not. He did in this one, but he's just not doing it. He was able to get more of the minutes in this game because we saw, again, Jordan Clarkson at 27 minutes. We saw Colin Sexton at 26, and we saw Keontae George at 27. Let's talk about George first, who continues to look much better. He is pushing towards 12-team value. 16, 2, and 5 with four threes. The percentages are up, and they've been up for about four weeks. There just hasn't quite been enough for him to do. So he's absolutely looking like, like a 14-team league guy, I think, at the moment. Maybe not a 12, but I'm starting to consider it. Walker Kessler did what he did, nine rebounds, three blocks, 21 minutes. For John Collins played uh, 20 to 29, yeah, and had 22 and nine points, which is, again, a pretty solid game from Collins. Not a lot else going on here. Sexton had 14 points. Clarkson continues to be a real big buy low. 12-2-2 two two with two steals. Just not enough minutes there. The shooting's not quite right. And Simone Fontecchio had two points in his 25 minutes. So the I guess the things for the Jazz is like, that's great from Dunn. Not sure I trust it. Love what we're seeing from George, but just want a couple of extra minutes pushed up. We will see if any trades open anything up for the Utah Jazz. All right, let's do the final game of the night. The Milwaukee Bucks go into Phoenix. To take on the Phoenix Suns, so we had some lineup changes because, uh, as I thought would happen, Damian Lillard did not play for the uh, for the old Milwaukee Bucks, but they made some other changes. Chris Middleton came back from his rest, so Jay Crowder moved to the bench. Doc Rivers wasn't joking when he said he thought the solution was more Robin Lopez, so we decided to start Robin Lopez and bring Bobby Portis off the bench. And then, of course, there was, as I said, no um, no Damian Lillard. So is this the right one? Yep, Pat Connaughton was the starter. Pat Connaughton. Not the backup point guard. No, no, not the backup point guard. Not campaign. None of it. Not Andre Jackson, who's played point guard as well. Pat Connaughton, who I know is a veteran. Doc, I know he's a veteran. He's also been dreadful, like, all season. But this man, I fear, Bucks fans, is a terrible coach. The Suns win. 114-106 is the final score here. Let's talk about Milwaukee. Um... So, since Doc has taken over, they are 1-4. and They have won one game against the Mavericks. And the rotations make no sense. None. I know I've harped on it before, and I'm not telling you that these guys are the answer. But Andre Jackson Jr. played zero minutes. He's played 30 seconds since Doc took over. Same as Marjan Beauchamp. Guys that were actual key rotation pieces for this team. I'm not here to tell you that Adrian Griffin was doing well, because he wasn't. But this bloke's a disaster. What is he? I know he's got some time to fix some stuff. I know that, but Joe, oh my god, this is uh, in a game with no Brook Lopez, with no Damian Lillard, and then Chris Middleton gets hurt eight minutes in, and we and we go to Pat Connaughton and Jay Crowder. Bucks owners, you deserve to lose. They deserve to lose. Simple as that. Let's talk about the Bucks. Um, Portis had five and nine with four steals and a block. Horrible efficiency has not been good this season. Now, I think if he did end up getting traded to Dallas, I don't think that'll happen. But if he did, he would be a very strong 12-team league guy. And at the moment, he's got value because Brook Lopez is out. Lopez is not out for nefarious reasons. He is out because he had a child. So yeah, congratulations, Brookie. And he'll be back soon. 40 minutes from Jay Crowder in the year of Luka Doncic 2024. Has this man watched this guy play? I know he's heard of him. Did he coach him in Boston? Oh, he might have, might not he? The sneaky Rick. He might have. Yeah, 10-6 with two steals and a block for Crowder. He sucks. Connington had 12-6-6. Six six. That's actually a pretty good game, but we don't care. We're not adding him. And Leaky Beasley had 22-4-2 with six dribbles. Yarni 34-10-6 with some horrific free throws and okay field goals. Not his best game at all, but some good numbers. And that said, Middleton got hurt. Eight minutes. Six-3-1. He's going to be, I guess, in doubt to play moving forward with a sprained ankle. At least it's not his knee. Uh, I would not drop Chris Middleton. I know people will have the urge to do that. I would not do that. He's actually like a top 80 player this season, despite the struggles to begin the year. Um, we just hope there's nothing seriously long there. And what will happen is Middleton will not play and they won't play Andre Jackson a single second. And Jay Crowder will start and all the sick people in 16 team leagues will Danish backhand themselves to go add Jay Crowder. That's all there is. This is just a a, yeah. I should have talked to Robin Lopez. Played 18 minutes for six points and two blocks. He's their answer apparently. This man was legitimately serious when he's like, "Yeah, the answer is actually to play more Robin Lopez." Win a game, doctor. Fraud, fraud, coach, fraud. um, consultant. Maybe I'll eat my words later on. But Giannis has played 37, 38, 40, 40, and 39 minutes in the last five games. In the past, they had Mike Budenholzer. They just cruise. Giannis, take a day off. Your knees sore. Play 32 minutes. You'll be all right. We're good. We'll get 60 anyway. Yeah, I know. Some playoff issues, but yeah, Glenn Rivers, known playoff mastermind. What an absolute disaster. Anyway, um, Phoenix there. They're good. Yeah, that's good. Kevin Durant, 28 and 10. He was just easy, easy to do. Easy stuff. 25 and 10 for Beal with three steals as well. Awesome. Devin Booker, 32, one and four. That's strong. Although weirdly six of 10 from the line. And Grayson Allen, the urge will be there to drop Grayson Allen. If you're in a points league, drop him. That's cool. He's not a 12-team points league guy. I would definitely hold him in the category league. I know it hasn't been a good run of things, but he had 8-3-3 three three with two steals. Sorry, with two threes a steal and a block, which is actually still not a terrible line. It's not. It's not great. It's not terrible. I would hold him. Gordon had three and four. He's only a stream guy when somebody's out, and we saw Bowl back in the rotation. Four and six for Bowl with a block in his 17 minutes. That's a 16-team league thing, and we know that the bench continues to be weird. There's Bowl, there's Eubanks, Goodwin, Watanabe, who came in for the end, and Nakogi played four minutes. They just rotate these guys in and out every game, and you can't really sort of pin anything down in terms of where their value lies. But I might I start it. I know it's not going to happen. Let's let's fire Doc Rivers. Let's start the let's start the trend. Hashtag fire Doc. Hashtag um. Oh, I know. Milwaukee Bucks, 2024 hashtag. Hashtag Apple a day. Yeah, there you go. Apple a day. And you, uh, I probably need... To, nah. you know what? I'm not going to explain it because I know that 95% of you will get it and I think the others will figure it out. That is the end of Tuesday's games. Please, for the absolute love of God, no trades in the next 12 hours. Save it all for the deadline. I'll be good with that. Let's talk about what we do need to cover off now before we we are out of here. Let's look at the stream of the day. It wasn't super successful. There were some good ones, but some bad ones. That's okay. 10-team was Jalen Suggs. Ew, yuck. 3-3-4. Yeah, look, I don't know. Look, it's a bit back and forth with him. It's hard to judge where it goes now. The Big Sneeze was great. 12 teams for Precious Achua. 17-5-3. Three steals and a block. Sell for a top 80 player if you can. 14-team stream was Johnny Isaac. Just a bad day for the Magic, man. 3-3-1-0-1 three, three, for Isaac. Got his block in. The next page of the stream of the day, pretty bloody good. Your Chris Dunn, 16-team streamer, could not have been better. 8-3-5 with 4 steals and 3 blocks. And your points league streams were a chua for Yahoo, and he had 39.5. And a chua for ESPN, and he had 48 fantasy points. That worked out really well. Pretty happy with those results. So let's take us now... To the monstrous line of the night, who is the best performer of the day? Uh, who is it? Well, we're going to talk New York. We're going to talk pasta. We're going to talk the big ragu. Dante DiVincenzo, 32 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, elite shooting. Sell high, but just crushing at the moment. Your waiver wire line of the night, the best performer available in over 50% of fantasy leagues. This one, it's Utah. It's Chris Dunn. He only had those eight points, but five assists, four steals, and three blocks is an unbelievably good category league line. Your young gun of the night, not of the light, young gun of the night is absolutely, you know, surprise, I don't think. It goes to uh, Chesterfield Homgren. He had 22 points with eight rebounds and four blocks. He filled it up in a massive, massive way. And then lastly, your dud of the night. This guy's got a couple of these lately. I do think that he is a hold in certain situations, not necessarily for everybody. And he was featured on the Bilo show today. It is Jordan Clarkson. You say 12 points is not that bad. But yeah, he didn't do anything else. He had two rebounds. He had two assists. The percentages are rough and his minutes were down. He is going to go on a hot streak at some point. And I think the minutes push up, but that's one to watch. At the moment, I am holding him barely, barely. Uh, That brings us now to talk about the top six players of the day before we wrap this bad boy up. Who are the best performers overall of the day? We already know that uh, the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, is at number one. Number two was that huge game in overtime from the goose, Anthony Edwards, followed by Larry Markinen, DeMar DeRozan, Kyrie Irving, and Alec Jacoby-White. The top six players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Dunny was number one. Dylan Brooks next. We're not doing anything with that. Preston Chua, really good value at the moment. Probably got an expiry on it. Keontae George, we're watching very, very closely. He came in at number four here. Uh, the shooting improvement appears sustained. Number five was the big avocado, Andre Drummond. We went into detail on that. I don't think he continues to start for Chicago, but there is a chance of a trade. There are a lot of variables that need to go right, though. And the last one is Timothy John McConnell, and I do not want to trust that at all. Your top six players in Yahoo Points Leagues, number one, Doncic, followed by Anthony Edwards, Chesterfield Holmgren, Dante DiVincenzo, DeMar DeRozan, and the burner with his ankle, Jalen Brunson, coming in next. So, Let's just wrap it up quickly with a few little takeaways. Again, I don't think we need to necessarily run to add these guys, but it's all about your individual circumstance. Keontae George is on their radar. Amen Thompson, we're going to get a string of four more good games or four more usable games, I would say. Juice McBride might be zero games, but he might play 39 minutes in the next one. John Conchar, I think you can feel okay about dropping. Same with Luke Kennard. Same with most of those Grizzlies guys. And yeah, we're really comfortable about jacking off uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Bitcoin. Sorry, Jack. Bitcoin legend Spencer Dinwiddie can go. And that does bring us to the end of the recap show for Tuesday's games. Don't forget, all of you legends, there is a live um, trade deadline show coming. Thursday, February 8th, 1 p.m. Go pre-bang it. Let's hit 1500 over there. Go double-bang it, listen to the audio, watch the video, thumb it up, comments, all of that stuff is really helpful. Guys, we're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.